Are you looking for truth from God's Word that you can understand and apply to your life? You'll find it today on Make It Clear with Dr. Stan Pons, Bible teacher and president of Florida Bible College in beautiful Orlando. Listen now as Stan makes it clear. We're in a part of that series that I told you I would come back to to answer the question. What happens when you sense an impression and you want to know, did this impression about my life and what I should do, did it come from God or maybe from too many hamburgers and onions before I went to bed at night? And that's a really important question because sometimes you have something going on inside of you that you're really sensing. This is a, I'm, I'm getting a message, not an audible voice, nothing so dramatic as that. Or maybe someone comes up to you and says, you know, God told me to tell you this. And now you want to know how accurate that might be. And those of you ought to be accurate because there is a God. And this God loves you and me. He's not a distant God of some supreme power source or force. He's a God who delights in us being intimate with him. And for intimacy to occur, communication has to occur. Healthy, good, accurate information. And God says that he wants to continue to communicate to us. Not giving us new truth that he hasn't revealed but to teach us truth that he has revealed that we might not know and then how to apply that truth to our daily life right here in Honolulu, right here in your world. And so he does continue speaking to us through his word. Now sometimes some decisions aren't really important, perhaps, like where we're going to go for lunch afterwards, what restaurant we're going to go to. Should I go to Burger King or McDonald's? That may not be too much of a big deal. For me it would be neither, but that's another point. But really... Some of you, though, are facing some very critical decisions in your life. Some of you are deciding on relationships either to enter into or to get out of. Some of you are having to make some decisions regarding your finances, and it's not so much do I pay a quarter for this or 10 cents more for that, but it's how much money that you have that's so precious and needed. Should I spend it on this item or that item that are high-ticket items, and do I really need it, and is this the wisest use of the money that God has given to me? Some of you are at a particular point in your life that it's a career decision, retiring from military, or maybe some of you have just come to the island, or maybe it's, um, should I leave the island and find better places somewhere else? And that's a major decision. We could go on and on, and I talk to you that are the head of households when your kids are dealing with issues, and you want to speak to them, but you want to make sure that what you speak to them is in agreement with God, because you know now that you'll have to give an account for all that you say and do, and you want to make sure that that's correct. Well, I'd like you to know, too, that because there are so many voices out there, some of the tragedy is this. There are voices out there that will tell us they are actually speaking for God, and this message is coming from God. But in reality, it's not. And some of you, all you have to do is open up the newspaper almost any given month, and you'll hear about someone who killed someone else because they said, God told me to do such a thing like this. And while that's an extreme, similar things are happening all the time in our own lives, perhaps. So look at the verse, and I've given it to you out of different translations. It will not say it any differently. It might just give you a little bit more of an aroma of what he is really saying here. But the verse says this, Dear friends, and I believe he'd be writing to you and to me, do not believe every spirit. So the warning is that there'll be spirits communicating to us in some measure, but not to believe everyone. But test the spirits to see whether they're from God. It goes on to say, because there's false teachers and preachers and prophets and others that will want to tell us the truth in their own way, but is it really coming from the Lord? Well, based on that verse and others, 
there is a caution that God gives to us, and that is that we need to make sure that what we're receiving, what we're experiencing as a prompting or an impression is really coming from the Lord. Now, let me say it this way. Some of you, it's not so much an impression or a prompting, but you are facing a decision that's going to require the knowledge of, is this in God's will? In other words, what's God's will regarding this in my life? Well, the same set of questions that you're going to ask yourself you can use for discerning God's will in your life or that prompting because usually the prompting is connected to trying to discover what is God's will what does he want me to do where does he want me to go those types of things so these are together now the interesting thing that these seven test questions that we're going to go through really don't stand alone now it's better to use one than none but on the other hand they dovetail well together and I would just suggest to you that you and I would be wise to try to use all seven of these to use as a filter from all this prompting and information about what we should do, what we should do with our lives, and maybe as we lead our family as well. So that might help you. But there are seven of these. I could read the verse, make a comment, and we'd be done very quick. But I don't know that you would really capture it all. So this morning, we're going to do something that we don't normally do here. We're going to do a little drama up here. Or we might even call it the international dramedy team. A little drama, a little comedy. And what they're going to do is each point that I'm going to make, they're going to show you the mistakes that could happen by not following the biblical point that they're learning. And so with a little bit of humor to take some of this edge off, but at the same time not reduce the conviction for this truth, I hope that you might gain. So this list that we have, it's in your worship folder. It'll be up on the screen. You might want to take some notes as you go along. But then take this and take ownership of it. Maybe use it somewhere. Keep it in your Bible when you're called upon to make decisions or you're sensing what God wants you to do or not do. And use it as a filter for your own world as well. So I hope it'd be a blessing to you. So let's begin by test question number one. And that is, is it in agreement with the Bible? I start with that because that's the epicenter, and if you didn't get to the others, at least if you have this one and you have ownership of it, it'll help you the most because all of these are coming from the Bible. The verse is found in Luke 21, 33, and there are many of them, but one of them says this, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. Now, there's a lot of different applications, but one I'd like to make is this. Some of you might be sitting here and you're so new in the journey, you're saying, how can an old book that's thousands of years old, that's dry and dusty, have any meaning for life in a high-tech fast lane today? Well, that's because God's word is relevant for today. It is accurate and it's relevant. It not only needs to be depended upon, it needs to be applied to our life as well. So that's why we can use the Bible as a template, as a bedrock, as a divine standard for what we would need to know. What does God want us to know or to do about our life? So it's very important. You might want to take this phrase to the bank. God's promptings will never contradict God's writings. In other words, when you're sensing a prompting, either inside or someone telling you, then it needs to agree with Scripture. So you might take what you're feeling, what you're thinking, what you're hearing, and run it through the grid of Scripture. Now, that's good, some of you are saying. I, I think I can buy into that. I can see that if I want to know God's mind, I need to know God's mind on paper, which is the Bible. But I'm faced with the dilemma. There's 33,000 Bible verses. How will I know all of this? I might miss something. Well, that, again, is why God says in His Word, because we're going to face life, that we need to be in His Word and learning it constantly. All of us. 
whether you're a Bible teacher or someone new into the discovery of who God is from the Bible. So it makes us really have to know this. Now I have to tell you that in Scripture it tells us to, for one example, it says basically, pay your taxes. Now, if I get a prompting in my heart that says, I don't want to pay my taxes, they waste my money, they spend it on things I don't agree with, so I'm not going to pay my taxes. I'm going to tell you that that prompting, as much as it would sound very logical, and might even fit in some bit of our philosophy of life, I want you to know that it still doesn't fit in with Scripture because there's a whole greater reason to be paying our taxes that God has to say. Now, I'm not talking strictly about taxes, but I want you to know that sometimes we might hear a prompting that sounds pretty logical, pretty philosophically right on. It kind of works. But again, it's contrary to Scripture. Listen carefully. Unfortunately, for some, they see God's Word in contrast to the world and they throw away God's Word for whatever reason their own value system, and they'll embrace a world value system that is not only so conflicted with one another, whatever society and whatever age, the result of that is still horrific. And so I would like to submit back to, go back to the Bible. Well, let's watch this and see what I'm saying in a real life situation. Hey, Susan, you know, I've uh, got something I want to talk to you about. I've really been struggling lately about work. Haven't you found a job yet? Well... I think I found something that God really wants me to do. Great. What is it? Well, it's got really good hours, incredible pay, and the people I get to work with are so interesting. The only downside is I'm not sure about reading my Bible there anymore. It's going to be hard, and I won't be able to go to church anymore. Ooh, tell me what this job is. I'm going to work for the mafia. The mafia? <laughs> the mafia? Are you crazy? Psalm 1 says not to hang around with crooks and people like that. Well, that was written a long time ago. Besides, God wants me to take this, I'm sure of it, and, well, they made me an offer I couldn't refuse. I know that might sound a little ridiculous because we won't be confronted, hopefully, with going to work for the mafia. But maybe with a little extension of that, you might see sometimes, though, how ridiculous things can happen our way if we really don't know the Bible and the tragic end that could end in our own life because of that. And so we have to be very, very careful. Now, there are times that God's Word speaks so clearly on issues that we don't have to pray about it. We don't have to ask other people for their advice about it. We don't have to fast about it because God says it. Let me give you just a couple. The Bible says we should not lie, so I don't have to question whether or not I should lie or pray about it. The Bible says that I should not uh, forsake the assembling of myself together with other believers just like you. So I don't pray on Sunday morning. Should I go to church or not go to church? Should I watch it on TV or not? I don't have to pray about that. I don't have to call up people for advice. I don't have to sense what a feeling is. God says I need to put that part of my life as a, as a high priority. God says that we should be generous with what he's given to us to give. I don't have to ask God whether or not I should give. Now, I might ask how much I should give. I might at times even ask to whom I should give. But at the same time, the actual issue of it, I don't have to question that because God said that very clearly in Scripture. So again, it goes back to, do I know the Bible? I'd like to give you one other suggestion, very important suggestion. While you are studying the Bible, and I commend all of you that are doing it, in small groups, those of you that are faithful coming to a Bible church like this, but I also want to commend those of you that are on your own or having a quiet time and a serious one, not one where it's just a little bit here and you end it, where you're really getting to know the Word. I commend you on that because it is a lifelong endeavor to learn God's Word, but inch by inch, learning the Bible is a cinch, and you can get it. 
But here's a suggestion. I suggest also that you would really take ownership of it into your mind through memorization and into your heart through meditation. Why is that? Because life comes at us so fast with so many choices that we sometimes have to make right then, especially if we have kids, that we don't always have time to run off and ask someone for a question or get deep into God's word. So we need to know it right then. So again, test question number one, is it in agreement with the Bible? And I need to know the Bible. Here's the second test question. Does this decision I'm about to make, is this prompting coming to me now, does it make me more like Jesus Christ? Does it make me more like Jesus Christ? Now, those of you who are new on your journey with the Lord, some of you, when you hear that, you're thinking, does that mean I have to have a robe and long hair and a beard and all of that? Well, I have to tell you, first of all, I even question some of those paintings of Christ, and they make us think that that's who he looked like. You can see that all over the place. But Christ's painting wasn't painted until much later. And the real question is, do I think, do you think that Jesus had enough time to sit around for someone to paint his picture? I don't think so. But it really doesn't matter. The point of the matter is, Christ was someone who was a perfect balance between task, skills, and people skills. He was high touch, and he was high tech, so to speak. He was one that knew how to love people. He also knew how to be kind. He was soft enough to have children come up to him. He was strong enough to chase people that were doing wickedness in a place that shouldn't. He knew how to do all of that. So when we're becoming like Christ, that's what he wants for every single one of us. That doesn't mean we walk around saying, I'm like Jesus. It does mean, though, that we take on the wonderful character in many of his attributes. No, we won't walk on water, and we may not raise the dead, but that's so small compared to the daily things of being godly and being kind and being right. I've left you with a passage here in James chapter 3. Would you look at it for a moment? Because if we're going to be like Christ, it's important. Romans says, it says, For God knew his people in advance, and he chose them to become like his son. So I know God's design for my life is to become like him. But now when he gives me promptings, I'll know because it's going to change my life to become like him. And so in James chapter 3, it begins by saying this. But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, this wisdom does not descend from above. Now, for a moment, if you will, you can look up here. In other words, when I'm faced with things in my life, choices that I make, I will know that it's from the Lord if what I'm about to do is not coming out of a heart that is, has selfish, wicked ambitions, one that's going to be self-seeking for myself. I will know that the things that I do, if I have to walk on people to get ahead, if I have to pull them down to pull me up, that I know that the choice that I'm making in my life, that decision is not based upon wisdom that came down from above. It is not Christ-like wisdom. But the decisions that I make, if they follow more in this passage, then I know that that wisdom, that word of wisdom, that Christ-likeness that's now in me, is going to be lived out. Continue on as I go further in this. It says envy and self-seeking, confusion and every evil thing. That's a wisdom that doesn't come from above. But the wisdom that is from above, or you could say the word of wisdom that's from above. Or the wisdom that's Christ, because Christ is wisdom, is first pure. So now I have to ask myself, I'm about to enter into a relationship with someone. Is my relationship born out of purity? Now I may be pure with that person in my thought. Am I doing something with my mind that would create an immoral situation? Am I keeping my mind clean and close to the Lord? If I'm not, then whatever relationship that I have, my motive is wrong. The prompting that I have did not come from the Lord. And no matter how many people say, if it feels good, it must be right. 
how truly wrong they are. And then I could go a little bit further. It says, then is peaceable. The things that I'm doing, is it making to provide peace for someone else or am I adding a great deal of burden to them where their life now becomes so stressed out because of how I talk to them or I don't talk to them, I manipulate them by passive aggression or what I might, not, what I might do or not do that would hinder them from having peace to be expressed to one another. Am I helping them or harming them? Am I encouraging them or discouraging them? Am I building them up or tearing them down? And so my decisions will affect others. I have to tell you that perhaps now being a pastor for almost 40 years, I'm extremely cognizant of decisions that I make, even on the littlest matters, that not only will they affect possibly my relationship with the Lord, not my salvation, I know I'll have eternal life no matter what, but based on that, I might not be as close to the Lord. And if I'm not, then I won't have the intimacy or closeness with my wife or with my kids or with other people. But even more than that, because at least once a week, for almost an hour, I have all your minds, let alone radio and all those that download these sermons, that what something happens to me, I will affect many, 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 many people. And so again, I have to make sure that am I very sensitively careful responding to the word of wisdom of God's word and is it making me more like Jesus Christ from the inside out? It's essential that I do that. Am I going to be compassionate? Am I caring? Am I gentle? Am I willing to yield to others? Let them have first an attitude of self-sacrifice. Am I full of mercy or am I the type of person that is quick to judge? Now, some of us, because of the way we're wired, some of us, because we've lived a long time in a decision-making position, whether it's military or business or something like that, we're very quick to analyze a situation, make a decision, and sometimes even marginalize the people for choices that they have made. After a long time of that, it becomes a part of our whole life system. And that's wrong because sometimes, like Jesus Christ, we have to make those decisions. But it should be done as gently and kindly as we possibly can with a spirit of mercy. So first we have to ask ourselves, we make a decision. Is this prompting? Is it biblical? And when I choose to think this way, respond this way, or make that decision, is it helping me and others become more like Christ? Watch this now. Come on now, Daddy needs a new pair of shoes. I'm not comfortable about being here. Would Jesus be here doing this? I don't think so. Katie, relax. It's just a casino. I still don't feel right about being here. I don't think this is a good idea. Look, God woke me up last night. He said, go bet. Would he have said that if we weren't supposed to be here today doing this? Are you sure it was God who told you that? Oh, yeah, it was God. Or my buddy Jim. (laughs) Either way, we're here now. Relax. Enjoy yourself. Now, some of you might spend a lot of time trying to sort out the stuff about the casino, and you might lock in on that. That's just one small part of the potatoes. There's a whole lot more than that. Every day we're faced with different words that we have to ask ourselves, is this really coming from the Lord or not? And the decision I'm about to make, will this make me more like Him? For me personally, when I'm called upon to make a decision in a, maybe we'll call it a gray area, a purchase that's significant, might cost some money, there's a lot of steps that I go through. One of those steps, obviously, like most of you probably do, you have come to the point that you'll pray about it before you make a decision. If you haven't even gotten that far, I tell you, that, that's really front end of this thing. But anyway, when I go to the Lord and I ask Him, here the, here's the way I pray. 
First of all, I pray, Lord, if I do this or not do this, if I have this or not have this, if I choose to move forward with this, first of all, will it hinder my intimacy with you in any way? By having this, spending this, will it do something that will keep me from being all that I need to be before you? The second affects all the other areas of my life, and it's like this. Lord, if I have this, if I do this, will it cause many other people not to get to know you, either for salvation even, or even get to know the Lord more intimately? And so even through the course of sorting this out, the part of prayer is to sense, is God getting the glory? Will I be better, more like him, or not? So first again, is it in agreement with Scripture? Secondly, will it help me become more like Christ? Here's the third test question, and that is, does my church family confirm it? Does my church family confirm it? In other words, if someone is telling you something and you're not really certain is it right or wrong, you might run it through the grid of some other godly people. Now let me tell you this. When you trusted Christ as your Savior, there are many things that you receive from the Lord. One Bible scholar said there are 33 things that happen to you the moment you trust Christ as your Savior. One, of course, is you become a child of God in His forever family. But other thing, it says this, you become a child of God in God's forever family. So we, when we trust Christ as Savior, we get God as our Father, but we also get brothers and sisters in Christ. And God designed it special that way because at times he knew that we would have some dilemmas. And sometimes we're here in the middle of the forest and we can't see it because of all the trees and God has placed within our sphere of protection and comfort and care and connectivity and community brothers and sisters just like you to be able to help us. And so again, when you're facing a dilemma, how wise it would be for us to go through and check out what God might say through other people, especially if we're making a major decision. Again, it's not going to be someone necessarily that we're going to ask, should we go to this restaurant or that restaurant? But it could be, should I do this or do that regarding a career? Or what about this? My child is struggling and I need to know, how could I be helped? I'm deciding whether to get in or get out of a ministry. I'm deciding on how much money I should spend or stay on the island or get off the island. The list can go on and on. How wise it is to surround yourself with a family who would be called your godly board of advisors. Now, who might be on your board of advisors? I would think your pastoral staff of some measure, not because they're better than you, they're not. We're sinners just like you. We have to brush our teeth, put our clothes on every day like you do. But hopefully they've been in the word a little bit longer. They're more mature. They've lived a life that you have been able to see because they're more visible and public. You've met with them individually. So they would be on your board. A spiritual authority figure in your life, someone that you trust that could be looking out and watching over you. A close friend who will not only tell you what you want to hear, but they love you more enough to tell you what you need to hear. And if you are in a community that doesn't have that, then I would encourage you to find a community that's like it. And while you're thinking about that, let me speak to this community, you and me. My heartfelt prayer is that International would be a church that would not only be a safe community where people can come in with all sorts of problems, looking all sorts of ways, with so many mental, theological, or worldview-isms and spasms, that they would feel safe enough to come here. And we then would be spiritually strong enough like Christ to love them to the best way of thinking, to become more like Christ. And that's what I'm looking for to perhaps have us here.
So when you have a family like this, how strong it would be. Look at the verse, if you will, in Ephesians 3, it says, his, referring to the Lord, his intent was that now, through the church, that's a faith family, you and me, the universal and local, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known. So God now has provided you brothers and sisters who are growing, that want to come alongside you and looking for others to come alongside them to speak to us the wonderful wisdom of God. Don't you want God's wisdom? Here's a question that scares me to even ask. Is it possible that we have missed God's best in some area of our life because either we didn't know this that we're learning today or worse, we've heard stuff like this all along, but we've chosen to neglect it or ignore it or worse, reject it. And we don't want that. And God has placed here in this body here wonderful people. Look at Proverbs eleven fourteen, And this is a verse to give us comfort. Where there is no counsel, the people will fall. But in the multitude of counselors, and would you circle that phrase, multitude of counselors, there is safety. So it's wise not to just go to your favorite friend and let that be the only voice you hear. But perhaps pick out some others. We certainly don't want to be a Lone Ranger Christian. You're listening to Make It Clear with the teaching of Dr. Stan Pons, founder of Make It Clear Ministries and president of Florida Bible College in beautiful Orlando, Florida. Make It Clear is dedicated to taking the Word of God with clarity into every person's world. It is the support of listeners like you who make the ministry of Make It Clear possible. You can provide your tax-deductible gift to Make It Clear online by going to makeitclear.org. Or you can mail your gift to Make It Clear, P.O. Box 607-901, Orlando, Florida, 32860. Thank you for helping us make it clear. If you would like to have Dr. Pond speak at your church or event, please send us an email at tellmemore at makeitclear.org. Thank you, and remember to make it clear. Make it clear.